Welcome back to Rising Giants, hosted by Max Thorne and Dominic Klusik, speaking with the leading entrepreneurs, investors, and creatives in Cambodia's vibrant startup scene to learn what it takes to be a rising giant. On this week's episode, we are thrilled to share some exciting news with you. In case you missed the first annual and massively successful Startup and Innovation Festival in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, don't worry, we've got you covered. We will be releasing all five panel discussions on our podcast channel over the next month with this week's conversation around Cambodia's expanding creator economy. In this episode, you will hear from some of Cambodia's leading creatives, including Chai Sila of Sabai, Penlik Chan of Raintree Development, Sok Visal of Clap Your Hands, PZ Yuk of 18, and Sopik Chenna of Rain Podcast. During the discussion, the panel talks about the growing creator economy in the country, how talent management businesses are engaging with the young generation to help build their personal brands, and how to monetize your personal brand in the region. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the discussion. We have a super fun and super exciting panel this afternoon for you today on the Cambodia Expanding Creator Economy. I'm your moderator. My name is Peina Chan. I'm the general manager of Venture Development. And we have on this panel is a very strong and robust panel, actually, with people got our friends and our experts across the industry, from creative industry to media houses, to, to creative themselves, to influencer and management company. So I feel like I don't really need to introduce them because they're very popular and famous in the country. But I also know that we have friends from overseas as well. So allow me the honors of making a quick introduction. To my left, we have Bong Sophie San. He is founder and CEO of uh, music label Clubs Your Hand. And I'm pretty sure many of us have danced to Bong Sophie San's music previously. Raise your hand and give dance to any of those. <laughs> He's also uh, the uh, CEO of uh, 802 Production and Mekong Film. Um, he is one of the pioneers of hip-hops in Cambodia and has been a very, very big champion of our contemporary culture. <laughs> Up next, we have Bong Sumetian. He is a mega influencer, I want to say that. So you guys probably know him already from Green Talk. He started with blogging and then he also now went on into cast as well. So Pat doesn't want to brag about himself, his accomplishment, but just so I can tell you, he got 900,000 followers on Facebook and about half of that on YouTube. And thank you. Um, he recently did a very, very important interview conversation with Vanda and Raven Blade, I believe, that almost hit like a million views. Yeah. So it was really, really cool. I recommend you check it out because you usually see like Vanda on about how being cool and tough and all that, and it's really sweet. And we got to see that from uh, Soket interview with him. And then we have Z from uh, 18 Communication, which is a, an influence talent management company started five years ago as one of the first talent management companies actually for influencer. And she has accumulated so many interesting experiences and seen trends that she's excited with. Um. So thank you for coming here today. So, how should I describe the current state of uh, creative art, the creative art industry? Up to you. Yeah, okay. So, for my part, I'm mostly involved. I mean, I'm involved in the creative art industry, which actually should include the creator economy as well. So, it's been cinema, I mean, cinema, music, uh, everything around music, and cinema, and, and artists as well. And for me, the world that I describe, 
the state of our creative art industry right now is the word uh, growing, I guess, growing. Because, because I think the film industry and the, and, and the music industry are still very young. Yeah. Current status of creative economy right now. Okay, thank you for having me. It's weird being asked, just be the one who asked people. So, yeah, I've been in the industry for quite a long time. I think I, I first actually made deals. We sell our own products ourselves. And thanks to physicists and people from a you know, type of business like talent management and stuff, they kind of have paved the way for us to monetize easier. So, like you said, you, you see in uh, any platform, there are two types of apps, right? Regardless, the rolling and stuff from the platform, but for the creator themselves, there's two types that I, I identified from my work. One is insert ad, and the other one is embedded ad, right? The insert ad is straightforward, just copy and paste from the company, put into your video. But Cambodia do embedded ads a lot. We make a content about A, and then we pull to B, and we talk about the ad, and we go back to A again. And this is how it's survived. And thanks to many brands, and also, I am really sorry to say this, but COVID kind of, kind of opened a lot of people's eyes, what digital content is all about, and it changed the whole scenery. I'm PZ, founder of Aiden Communication. From my opinion, one word that I can serve is opportunity. Back then, when I first started my company in 2018, you know, like very few number of influencers. And I was starting with eight influencer that they already exist in the Cambodian market, which no agency. No client gave them the value. And until now, since 2018 and the I can see so many opportunities. If you are young or adult or even old, you have talent, you have passion, maybe you should kick start something. Because I can see a lot of very funny I'm, I'm from different background. I'm not the creator, but I always at the platform side. But now I also speak into some of the great things, my own content too. I remember back in old days, I, I used to have a CD shop. So I remember I met Bong Sal back then, 1999. <laughs> so he showed me a clip of music back then. I think back then we don't have a USB or whatever. He sent me a CD. VCD. VCD. Yes. VCD. And he sent that music, it's still a single song and remix. And back then I remember he said, I said, where do you make this music? He said, okay, I did it in, when I was DJ. So I just kind of looking some a chance to work together to present some movie, you know. So then when you have good movie, where are you going to display the movie? Yeah, where are you going to show the movie? Back then, you know, cinema. So. Those are the platforms that I think at the end of the day, no matter what you have, you need to have a great place or platform to display. And creating talents, you have to really rely on a few platforms, just like um, Steph said that you know you have to go through Facebook, YouTube, and a few other around TikTok, Instagram, now we have Telegram. Those are the platforms that we can showcase products or services. Unfortunately, this is not really the one, but we have no choice also. Even as a platform ourselves, like I have Spy as a media, that also we have our own 
know, some of them show that we have no choice, but we have to go through this platform to showcase our product because all the animals are there. This is what I can see right now. Hopefully, we have a turning point in the future. Then, first, keep making and keep hoping. Then, we hopefully, we can see something in the future, like they said. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone. So, we're hearing a lot of words opportunity, platform, we talk about monetization, which will dig deeper um, into the panel discussion anyway. But I'd like to kind of circle back and look to Bong Lisa to help her paint um, a bit more pictures of the creative industry. You've been with the industry and been really pushing it forward for the last 20 years. You've seen it all from film to music to working with various talents and these talents are individuals who after cultivated and gotten the skills. You know, you've been, we were talking earlier about how not all artists are entrepreneurs and you have to be an entrepreneur to be successful in the creative economy. Could you help talk a little bit more about uh, some of the the trends that you've seen in the way that artists were able to um, pivot themselves to become creator, maybe, or the or the opportunity for that? Because I think in the past, what we've been hearing, and, and these can be controversial statements, and maybe from a more traditional economy point of view, where there's some belief that creative industry and creator economies are not real economies, they do not make money, and therefore they shouldn't be considered as such. But I know you have been an advocate for this for so long, and you have a lot of things to share. I just would like to hear from you. How would you respond to that? Thank you. If you share, I think I don't have time for to share more than today, but I'll try my job best to, to make it brief. Yeah, the, the problem we have in Cambodia is that I think arts and arts and culture, creativity in general, is not so much value. And that's because of the past, because of many different factors. But, uh, but and, and it's true. I mean, since in my, my career of 20 years, music, trying to make films and music and festivals and events and stuff, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was hard to monetize and, and to money and be sustainable doing arts. Even music, even films. Sila, well, Sila just, just, just told us about how, how it is difficult, how it is a small market, not, not despite no matter what you think, but Canada is still a small market. It's still an emerging market. So when you release a film, you don't really make the money back. It's it's really hard. And and and, and actually, I thanks Osirat for for supporting the movie. supporting movies. We did two movies together, and 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 unfortunately, those two movies never really made the money back. But I guess it was a it was a way I think for us to push the culture forward and, and to also build this industry. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think I think that for the past, from, from when we started, made a lot of money during the COVID because everybody was doing digital, everybody watching movies and content. So it was a, I mean, it was good for 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 the creative art industry around the world. And so coming back to Cambodia, I think, like I said before, we are living and navigating in a very young industry, and we still, you know, we and we growing, and we start growing. We actually growing. And this year, I've seen a lot of change. I've seen, you know, I've seen. Influencers seeing, you know, being able to live out their trade. I've seen, you know, at the end of the day, this is the time, this is the natural resource that we have in Cambodia. Thank you so much, Bong, for giving us a very, all super important, really, really good content. A lot of wisdom from your 20 years of experience, over 20 years of experience here. 
We hear positive news about film industry in Cambodia making money. We hear some really big trends about international collaboration in the music industry. We see film, Asian film and film from Cambodia also making names in, in at big international stages and award. You also share about how influencer and content creator are now starting to be making money and being more independent with their craft, with their passion as a way for living, which is important. On that note as well, what Bong Vistal was mentioning earlier, there were some challenges that we discussed. There was also an opportunity as well that, that he discussed. I would like to hear from Bong Sela, who's kind of our platform expert here on the panel, on what is the role for platform when it comes to helping creator addressing these challenges or tap into these additional opportunities. You can take this in any direction that you like that you feel relevant for Cambodia. Mm, only three minutes for me. <laughs> I need five. Like <laughs> uh, I said, I've been creating, accidentally, I create a lot of platform for a creator. And this is something that I love and I always believe in between art and commercial. I want to stand in between so then I can give the value to the artist. And at the same time, I will not die because I love art so much. So this is always a balance. Obviously, you know, I've been creating like Sabai. It's also a channel that we have so many things that we've been working on from the news, entertainment, medias, and we have also the platform that create allow a lot of creators like the writer, the author, that we have novel that people can really bring in their work, their novel, their write piece of art to uh, publish, initially publish with us, read for free, and later also when they have a better of content and we can buy from them. We can allow people to subscribe their uh, uh, novel. Unfortunately, not many people pay. Even uh, we, we, we try to really allow this to be monetized, but that is uh, difficult also. I will talk about that later on. About the visual also, I mean, we have also Soyo. It's a platform that we allow people to watch all the Cambodian content, of dark content that people doesn't read, understand English, watch English movie, American movie. They can watch our content that they can listen and understand the, the real dub in Khmer. Um, the biggest problem in Cambodia, rather not only that, I think the whole creating economy is still one of the gap is not many people willing to pay for this. The same like Momisa said, because a lot of industries said that, you know, spoil the system that, you know, all the big industry make the mega concert like Pitbull. I remember 50,000 people come to watch Pitbull sing in 2013, if I'm not remember wrong. 50,000 people, you know, it's huge, but we pay zero. You just have to buy the SIM card of Beeline back then, then you can just go in. The admission is free. So it spoiled the whole artist system that, you, you know, the creators should be able to monetize this. When you giving free, and then the people feel like, okay, they always free. Yesterday, actually, I got a text from one of my good friends, Radhi from Khmer24. He screenshot, because if you log into my Sabai website right now, you will see the pop-up, the banner, that you can contribute, start from 10, 1 cents to our creator, because our writer is really, some people are write for free, and then, you know, you should not take it for granted. You should be paid. And he asked me, is it successful? I said, yeah, we get some people pay, like about $3 the whole entire month. 
<laughs> so some people pay 10 cents, 5 cents or whatever. They never really pay $1 yet. I have one of my ex buy. They pay, oh, they send to me to screenshot his ABS. I just donated, you know, $5 to the, the uh, platform. I'm so happy for that, you know. Fi- finally, some people give a shit about my content. <laughs> so if you have this, this is the biggest problem already, you know. So you guys can go and log into Subai and donate also 5, 10 cents also, please. So then I have a bit of hope. Because we are struggling also. A lot of people are moving the advertising from our platform to social media, which is they have a better, better algorithm. And at the same time, a lot of greater in the algori- in the social media also did. Sorry, I have to extend my, my, my time, girls. <laughs> because this is a very important moment. I think we should be stand up and support the artist and the, the creator. Otherwise, you know, we will just like, okay, because I can go to YouTube, I browse endless content. What the fuck? Sorry, I used that word because it's free. It's created that kind of feeling. It's free. Why would I have to pay? That's why the creator poor like hell, you know. They don't have enough anything to eat for their three meals, you know. That's why we are in, into the, the problem that taken for granted for all the content. But in the same time, we have the platform that they are having the algorithm that they can punish any creator that they, if they don't like them or they don't follow the rules. Because at the end of the day, our creator only create the content, but they are not really very good at reading all the policies and everything. And they, were, they never have another chance to monetize. For example, Sabai have 1 million subscribers on YouTube. But guess how much money we make from YouTube? $128 last month. Just how about 35000 right? We have 1 million. We get fucking gold, gold plate from, from YouTube. Sorry I used that word, but it's painful. And when you keep doing this, you also discourage yourself and you discourage all the creators that are coming into a platform that we can't really help them monetize. Right now... We are creating the Web3 platform, which is, I hope that hopefully, hopefully this one is the next revolution that we can all together, we can work something that we can control, that we can also, by the way, the creator can monetize directly to the consumer. Some months ago, I saw the Krama NFT that they created, but because an, we don't have a lot of people into the crypto or not a lot of people understand this, blockchain technology i think the, the the platform also a bit died down it's just not the time yet but i think we have to really keep supporting something that sometime you know we have to break through that ceiling or that wall that you know we we have to feed our content to the big platform and the platform have the decision to feed to the consumer whenever they want or they need to pay to you or not. This is the problem also. But Sabai is being, we all do that also. Like I said, we are, as a platform, we're trying to, looking for something that we really can give an opportunity that we can probably not cut short. We also take some of the platform fees, small one, but you can monetize directly to the, the, your consumer or your fan or your, 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 the one that who want to pay to the, the artist. That's what I want to say. Sorry, I used that a uh, few bad words, but... I you just are forgiven, to... Bong. You're forgiven. Don't worry about it, yeah. So, <laughs> By the way, because I have another function, so maybe I leave earlier. I don't have time to, to answer the question for this, but um, you can reach me on Facebook or <laughs> whatever, you know. We can discuss more, but I probably have to leave a bit later. Thank you, Bong. So it, it seems like 
when it comes to the role of platform in terms of solving challenges for creators, still a lot of work to do, especially for us in Cambodia. Monetization through platform, thinking about subscription model, all of these kind of diversity in terms of monetization is not there yet. Kind of bring me back to what Bong Pei mentioned earlier when he was comparing how much his friend in Thailand was making compared to what's happening here. It feels that the reality of monetization in Cambodia is very, very different. So can you help us understand what's actually realistic for a creator when it comes to monetization options? What's, is it brand deal? Is it, I know platforms very little. How do you work with brand? How do you actually position or price yourself? How do you actually make sure your wife don't kick you out after the three-year deadline she gave you? Yeah, that's a tough question to answer, but I only can speak from my experience because uh, I think we have many creators right now. We all kind of have our own models of doing brand deals. I'm a type of guy who likes to do long-term projects. I don't like to just close and goodbye. Before, when I first started, I like to do just this and that, just to survive. I'm over, I'm over that pace. Um, what I see is that if you do longer brand deals, there are pros and cons, but you sustain longer. You have more ability to create more contents. For example, I do podcasts. I think it's three seasons now. All the guys that I have on the podcast, they never got a single penny for me. And all of them, if you combine, it would cost me about, I think, $20,000 or more. I mean, like one dollar, for example, I asked him like off screen, it's like, how much you pay for the event? He's just like, I cannot afford it. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the important. Where's your brand? You go to the brand and then you kind of like, you know, find out like what they're interested in and see how much spending you want to do and see your economy as well. Like, I'm lucky to have my wife always poking my back, say, hey, you should charge more. This is what you're worth. Because most of our creators here underestimate themselves. They don't know where they're at. They might be excited about how much subscriber they have, but there's this dilemma between quality and quantity, right? You can see a lot of Cambodian creators have millions of views, but there's no context in the content whatsoever besides, you know, like sexism, exploitation of a certain topics that seems to attract more audiences. And I'm really disappointed that brands keen to work with those and good luck with that because in the long run, that's going to be your digital footprint. And I'm really happy that I've been working with brands who value my creativity. I got goosebumps saying this, by the way. Uh, like, you know, it's really important for creators to position themselves in, in a situation where you're sort of aware of yourself where you're at. Don't underestimated yourself also done overconfident at the same time because of course like through like each 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 creator will find when they kind of like know where the word is at but i would not go and tell a single person say hey you should try this much no but like you know it has to come from you my wife been telling me for three years yeah my wife been telling me for three years like you should try this much i never listened to her but one day I decided to say, hey, I want to try this much. And it works out. And now I'm doing good, like financially, until I'd be able to do a show with our sponsorship. Just to pull a point to brands that we can sustain on our own with our sponsorship. But that that's, like I said, very important to size on your own. I cannot give like generic advice on what you should do as a creator. Like, you know, how to value yourself or what your rate card whatsoever. But... There's these things that I noticed since day once and I jump into creation world is most creator doesn't know how to read 
contracts. They don't know the consequences of contract violations. They don't have anyone to advise them to double check it. Once they sign, they're sold. And also, they don't know how to feel like, you know, say VAT number or tax form. All of these things are very important. And that's why PZ's company exists. You know, the agency helped us doing that. I have brands who came to me with, hey, we have $50,000 for you. But we need you to work with an agency because we cannot process direct paperwork with you. So I need to go around looking for an agency and then have some deal with them and get the projects. That, that's, that's what my experience is. Like, just be smart about it. And like, don't think yourself as a creator, you can do whatever you want. There's also this type of like, you know, boring paperwork you have to go through as well. But once you go over that, you will, you will last. Like, be a creator. What is hard is not about getting the number. The hardest part is to stay relevant for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. So you want to be successful, stay relevant, develop your own business skill or being able to, you know, like knowing where to find the support so that you can continue to create while still having kind of the business side taken care of, right? That kind of lends very beautifully to question for Z as well. I know you've been doing this for five years and you shared with us earlier that in the last uh, couple of years, you see a 300% increase in, in sales for you. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience working with influencer in Cambodia? What kind of influencer are you working with? Are they micro, macro? Are you grooming them? What have been the brand's attitude toward working with influencer that you've seen in the last couple of years? Uh, I can say that almost 80% influencer in Cambodia been working with 18. And we even bring newbie to become an influencer as well in this Cambodian market. But then in 2018, what I can see, the number of influencers, there's not much, the number of influencers, like, very less. According to my experience, according to the manual record by 18, in 2018 and 2019, we, like, we only have around 50-something, yeah, under 100. I don't say that I record everyone in the market, but based on what we select, who's that these people are supposed to be an influencer, like can be an influencer. That's what we record. And in 2019, 19 until 21, there are more than 100s, but still less than 200. And until now, in our list, it's like almost 300. Yep. Because of some influencer, they, because you, as you can see, back then only Facebook. Everyone go to Facebook. After Facebook, they go into IG. And then they go into TikTok. So there are a lot of influencers in TikTok. And we also have a lot of challenge questions like, Oh, I got 100K. Am I an influencer? Am I a creator? Like, oh, this owner of online shop, she also have like 200K. Is she an influencer? They're very challenge question. And... Related to, related to content, since there are a lot of influencers, there are a lot, a lot of platforms, and everyone now using smartphone in town and even province. So since there's a viewer, there's a fan, there's an audience, there are a lot of influencers keep producing their content. Some content is very good. It's, some content is like so-so. And f talking about client, when I first started my company, only franchise company, only foreigner. They reaching out 
and buying a service, but very less. I can say like under 10. And back then, as a company, I only, how can I survive? Only want to survive. And from that, foreigner, franchise company, and big, uh, like a group company, they start using the service in 2018, 2019. Until 2020 to 2021, influencer marketing become boom. And you can see because of the COVID. And that time, we can see that online shop, local company, small business, start using influencer influencer marketing service. And as I can see as well, they using influencer marketing service, but they don't know how to filter, how to select the right influencer for their brand. So the money is not, the KPI from the from what they spend, not really like good. And the very interesting point, 2022 until now, we can see non-government, Oh, sorry, non-NGO and even government, they start engage influencer. So inf- influencer industry in here, it grow year by year, year by year. And from my data, of cell data also grow. 20 until, uh, 2020 until now, we grow 300%. Yep. Thank you so much, Z, for sharing with us the evolutions of influencer market in Cambodia. Seeing influencer number going up year by year, but also seeing the diversity of con- consumer or brand that are willing to work with influencers, starting from really uh, big international or franchise international guys to local corps to now also government. That is exciting, which means the trust in influencer marketing is actually going up, which is good. We actually approaching the end of time and. The organizer reminded us a few times already. I would love to open the floor for one or two questions. And I, I, I talked to somebody who wanted to ask question earlier. Please raise your hand. Uh, we've got two. So one over there and one over there, please. Hello, I'm Okun Bong Bong for your time. And my name is Ketri Kun. I'm coming from Market Research, focus on customer insight. I'm a huge fan of music and I bought CD, also bought on iTunes as well. My question is to the creator. Because I think one of the source of revenue is to generate sales from the loyal fan base. So what is your strategy to ensure that your, your loyal fan base support you to, to buy merchandise or like support you to go to concert or your conference? And what is your, what is your take on how to support the brand that partner with you to try to sell for the brand as well? So that's my question. Thank you. Yes. Akun, thank you for the questions. I would say, I would take out the merchandise part out of this equation. It's not easy to sell here. Like Bob Hussain said, it's good that now we buy ticket to the event. But selling merchandise here is you have to sell, like you must be like, I, I hate to repeat Vanda again, but you have to be like him and you can sell. For me, I'm kind of at there, but I don't like to sell merchandise to my audience because what they're giving me is they're giving me the number. For brand, when they talk about dealing, like say, Nat and stuff in my content, they would want stats they want to see number infographics right and what my audience can give me is give me that number that is free because they can just click and close it's fine and this is the biggest factor here in cambodia so far i've seen from every creator is that um, you have to know when to defend yourself if your number is not there you also have to know how to deliver the number if it's needed for me i know the formulation to get numbers i just don't want to abuse it i know how to get the quality but i know the number was not there because people right now doesn't know what is quality what is number yet it's still kind of jump in between there and 
my ex, I would say boss manager, he he throw me this dilemma of fast, cheap, quality, right? So when I talk to brands, you choose two: fast, cheap, no quality. Cheap, fast. Hmm. So yeah, I, I kind of live on by the rule, and it's fitting in our market, and that's how it is. And for merchandise wise, like I said, you have to make it. Yeah, to a point where like people really wanted to be you, so then you can sell. Yeah. Thank you, Wong Pei. Uh, there was another question just behind, over there before. Yes, that would be our last question. Go ahead. Akun Wong Wong. My name is Priscilla Kim Wong, but in Khmer you can call me Sela. Wong So Pei and Wong Sela talked about how creators are struggling here in Cambodia. Generate income on platforms like YouTube and other social media, and so I want to ask for creators in Cambodia, especially social media influencers. Currently, what are the most successful income generation approaches, and what do you envision being successful? And one example in the United States, where I'm from, a lot of influencers are creating digital products to create income. For example, they'll create a digital course and sell that, and that's a passive income stream. Do you think that that is a viable income stream for the market here in Cambodia? Yeah, I can. So I'll uh, we'll take this one as well. I'm, I'm being targeted in a good way. Thank you. I would say I think we have the digital courses already here, like platform-wise, but I. Okay, sorry to say it. I kind of feel like it's a little scam sometimes. Like some courses are really good, but most of them are not, because like you need for us here. Like I said earlier, it's kind of experience-based fact that relying on platform monetization is not possible right now. But that that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen in the future. I really still hoping that one day I would be able to sustain on my own without brand deals, because it's so different making a content. Without a brand, I got goosebumps saying this. I made my podcast. No brand deals. No pressure. I do what I want. I talk about what I want, but that doesn't mean that I disregard my sponsor because it's just like you know a little room to breathe to talk about what you want, and it's gonna be here for a while with brand deals for us influencer and creators at least another five years. Yeah. Um. I said already, like if you want to make a quick box, of course, uh, make yourself known. Yeah, make yourself known to the audience. Most creators fail to identify themselves who they are. Like for me, they, I have two type of audiences. One identify me with the podcast. One identify me with the creative photography text. Right. So I kind of build my brand that way. Don't look at yourself as a person. Look at yourself as a brand. This is the key factor that I use to my to myself. I don't use my real name because it's not about me. It's about what I created, what I built. I think Mohan Vishal too. He has brand that he's proud of, but it's like connected to our soul, you know. So that's why, like, I be able to sustain for this long because I treat myself as a brand, not a person. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the questions we had, and thank you to our panelists as well for the time and the expertise for us this afternoon. Key takeaway is defining your own brand. Keep going at it. Believe in the future. Believe in the opportunity that platform will bring eventually later. But keep going at what you have right now, and find your tribes. Thank you.